It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch Flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me Hello Bubba Bunch and welcome back to another episode of the Bubba Lutz Sports Podcast It is your boy Bubba Lutz and joined by Kevin once again this week Yes sir, yes sir With a nice farewell episode to the worst year of all time. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that. On episode 202, mm-hmm. we talk about the year 2020. Oh. Man. Back to back. Yeah, to, were... Back to back. You got back to back bangers on the first intro. That's I like just, it. That's just like 200 it. IQ right there. That's big brain, big brain. Big brain. So what we decided to do. Was we want to look back at the shitty year that was 2020. Just for one more time, for our old time's sake, let's look back at our personal worst moments in sports. Now, these just come to mind. These are the first ones where we're like, that's it. Now, there's probably a lot of bad moments. I mean, there Mm -hmm. are some that like I was reading through and I was like, yeah, those are pretty bad. And what we wanted to do was make sure that it's not – covid related so we can't just come on here and be like number one covid no yeah, we can't that'd do be that. too easy yeah. it's too easy so we want to challenge ourselves just look back at the moments where you said that was terrible and it just embodied what 2020 was all about yeah. now before we get into that let's just fucking talk about how deshaun watson is going to be the future quarterback of the new england patriots thoughts when I saw the report today, I I was two things came to my mind. One, I'm not surprised. He should get out of there. But two, didn't we just say that yesterday in the other episode? Well, we, we said were, well, we, we were, were talking about saying, the new GM, yeah. Nick Casario. And how one of the worst things he would do would to be to trade Deshaun. And look what happened. Look what happened. Well, to be fair, I don't think he wants to trade Deshaun Watson. Well, no, but like, you know, the conversation comes up like, oh, now Deshaun wants to be traded. It's like, what a coincidence. Now, here's the bad part about it is that the report that just came out like a few hours ago where Deshaun, Deshaun actually gave his input on certain GMs or or possible GMs for the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He yeah. gave his thoughts. He gave his names. Just gave his input on the whole thing. As far as the head coach goes, he made it very clear in these reports that he wanted the Texans to go after Eric Bieniemy. Now, mm-hmm. if you're any team and you're a human being with common sense and logic, you would assume that the guy that is being coached by Andy Reid and is coaching one of the best offenses that we've seen in a very long time over the last four years, mm. wouldn't you think that a hot commodity like Eric Bieniemy would be considered for a upbringing team that needs a spark and needs a new beginning with a Houston Texans organization? Like, yeah. I mean, in this scenario, you just got to consider, like, with all these different vacancies of Detroit, Atlanta, Jacksonville, New York, Houston, and Los Angeles. Like, Houston doesn't have a lot to offer other than Deshaun Watson, but it's Deshaun Watson. So you can make it work, right? And all you got to do is make them happy. 
If you make him happy because he just signed the extension, then you got yourself a future in Houston. But the first move you do as the GM is to sign Lamar Odom. Who was... No, sorry, sorry. sorry. Oh, I got to no, hit myself. I love that clip, uh, clip so much, dude. It makes me laugh every single time I see it. But you get my point, right? Like, like the yeah, one thing sure. you cannot do, you did it first, which is piss off Deshaun Watson. Because not it's not that he didn't even get the job. He didn't even get an interview. Like, he wasn't even considered for the job, which is ridiculous to think of a team that's trying to win football games. And you're like, yeah, the, the number one guy that everyone's trying to go for, we don't want him. I'm sorry? I mean... Are you too good for Eric Bieniemy? I don't think so, because you just... You, you chose Bill O'Brien as your head coach and your GM for, for many years. Yeah. You got some I bad mean, taste. I mean, look, so th- th- all, all I'm going to say about this so we can go on to the list real quick. All I'm going to say is this. You are coming off a season that quote, and I'm going to quote J.J. Watt because he said it in a recent clip. Sorry we wasted one of your years. Oh. It is 100% true. They literally wasted Deshaun Watson's first year under that contract. He has three left. Are you going to pull the trigger and do what you got to do to keep him happy, to keep your superstar happy? The superstar who, might I add, won the passing yard title with barely any help. Now, don't disrespect Kiki QT like that. Kiki QT could ball. Oh, come on. Anyway, but... I, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that this has to be done. Uh, now, Deshaun Watson feels disrespected. And we all know, we all know how superstars don't like to be disrespected. So, but he's humble. Man. Like, I, I was reading that he was low-key going up to teammates and saying hey i'm i'm gonna demand a trade i'm not, I'm not even gonna demand a trade. i'm, I'm looking to gonna ask to ask yeah. for a trade because yeah. we all know the situation and he's probably adored by every single guy in that locker room i mean why oh, wouldn't you course. love deshaun watson he's a natural born leader so for of him course. to go up to every team and be like look this is probably what's gonna happen i just want you to know firsthand because he found out about nick casario getting hired from social media he didn't even get a call from anybody on the team saying, we're going to hire this guy when Mm -hmm. it's your franchise guy that you signed for X amount of years. And is supposed to be the future of this organization. Yeah. So now with that in mind, I think it's very unlikely that he stays in Houston. I, I I think we're just done here. And I think we're all fed up with Houston. So where does he go? Now I'm saying new England just makes all the sense in the fucking world because they may not have everything to offer and they've, always are stingy about draft picks about free agents they don't really like to get guys from the outside they like to build it within but they have yeah. a lot of cap space so they can handle that contract yeah, and if people say well they don't draft well which i don't agree with necessarily because that draft class from last year was really good well we'll then give up those draft picks and just don't worry about a quarterback for the next five years probably more who cares about cam newton who cares about jared stenham anymore who cares about brian hoyer you got deshaun fucking watson yeah yeah so i'm seeing the image of number four i'm seeing the image of a number four quarterback in new england whether that's that's deshaun watson 
or if Dak wants to make the right decision because he wants to win championships, he goes to New England. There's one more possibility, though. Don't put that out there. Look, I'm going to put that out there because I'm going to become a Patriots fan like that. What about Deshaun Watson hands it off to Alvin Kamara at the 25-yard line. Alvin Kamara breaks free. The Saints win the Super Bowl. Tell me that's not orgasmic. Okay, while that is, I will say one thing. The, The Saints right now are literally $100 million over the cap limit. So there is literally no way they could sign or take on any person's contract for the next, like, three years. We can restructure. Well, I you would you would think so. However, I saw a report that said even if the Saints were to literally let go of every single superstar they have, they would still be like $65 million over the limit. So you're telling me there's a chance. Oh, God. No, there's not a chance. Look, if our government can be in debt, so can the Saints. Oh, All for God. Deshaun Watson. All for Deshaun Watson. Right, well, we'll see, man. This offseason should be exciting. Ah, uh, man. It's uh, with the salary cap getting lower next year. This should mm-hmm. be a fun offseason for restructuring or for extension signings. All yeah. that good stuff. Well, that's 2021. Now, in oh, the yeah. first seven days of 2021, oh god, <laughs> Kanye and Kim Kardashian are getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, our nation's falling apart again. Our nation's falling apart again. Um, there is what was the other thing? What was the other thing? It was like another celebrity. I can't. I, I don't know. Maybe their life is in crisis. Who knows? But look, it's 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 not going well so far through one week yeah. of of uh the new year we 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 had five days of just okay we we have hope <laughs> things are things are calm that's too long and then that's... six and then january 6 was like i hold my beer <laughs> jesus christ so uh let's let's reminisce on the the year that was 2020 mm. And uh, let's talk about the worst sports moments of 2020 for yes. us. Yes. Uh, I guess you could say subjective, subjective worst moments of 2020. Yes. Yeah. So go ahead, sir. You deserve oh. a champ. Thanks, man. So for me, this is by far. I'm, I'm going to start off number one. Oh, you're number going. One. Oh. Oh. Well, I don't know. You know what? No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. I'll save. I'll save the worst you for last. I guess. You're, you're, right, like you're, right. That. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'll start off with my third worst. My my number three worst moment of 2020. So, as people maybe know, because I mentioned it sometimes, I'm a big baseball fan. I love baseball. I know you don't, but you know the feelings mutual with basketball with me. So playoffs. Like, that's all I care about. Okay. Fair enough. So speaking of the playoffs. You know, there was a moment in the 2020 World Series, Game 6, right? Game 6 of the 2020 World Series. It was an absolute shutout by both pitchers. However, it was one to nothing in Game 6 of the World Series. And the Rays had Blake Snell pitching. And he was throwing heaters all night. He was absolutely destroying that Dodger lineup. 
And then Kevin Cash was like, nah, nah, I don't see that. I don't see that. Time to end it. So what does this man do? Kevin Cash takes out Blake Snell with a 1-0 shutout. He's throwing heaters just because he gave up one hit. I think it was like in the sixth inning or something like that. And he takes him out of the game. All right, maybe, you know, maybe Kevin Cash. No, suddenly we don't, right? Okay, whatever. Let's. Who won the 2020 World Series? Not the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> you know, this is one of those moments for me where it's not like gut wrenching. You know, because I'm I'm not a, I'm not a, a Rays fan. But you know, as a baseball fan, you're watching this happen in front of you, and you're like, what are they doing? What what's happening? How could you take out a red hot pitcher in literally the bottom of the sixth inning? With a 1-0 lead, and you know he's you you know he's got at least two more innings left in him. But instead, you take him out in the bottom of the six. Why? Why? Well, ladies and gentlemen, what happened, you ask? After Blake Snell got taken out of the game? The Dodgers just hit every single raise relief pitcher. Every single one. Not one of them was able to get out of the inning clean. And what ended up happening? I mean, the Dodgers pulled through. When you have a lineup that consists of Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, oh my God, do I even have to go on? The list is just insane. That Dodgers lineup is stacked. It is stacked out of their mind. It, it's ridiculous. So for and, you and Mookie Betts is a baller. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I was going to get to him later, but now that you're bringing him up. And Mookie Betts literally was having the World Series of a lifetime. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not, not, not World Series, the the playoffs of a lifetime. Man was making, man was making, uh, freaking amazing defensive catches all over the field. He had some struggle offensive games, but when it mattered most, he came up to came up he came up clutch. Yeah, I was kind of talking crap about Mookie Betts about how they paid him like what seventy million this year. And he yeah. was like batting like one fourteen in the yeah. the championship series, yeah. But as soon but as it, I said that, he made like three catches at the wall, and I was like, "Well, that's one way to shut me up." Okay, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll, uh, you so, know what? Do we do we just forget about the matchup that was Will Smith versus Will Smith, and Will Smith hit a home run on Will Smith? Yeah, yeah, that was that was insane. It was mind blowing, inception like. To be honest with you, greatest moment in sports, hands down. Yeah, yeah it, it was insane. But um, to to round off my my point, like I said, it wasn't gut wrenching for me, but it was very very confusing. How could you? You know, we we recently talked about blowing games, right, or, or tanking games with these Eagles and the Jets and all that. But you know, this game. This game was just so, I could imagine, gut-wrenching to watch for Rays fans. Because, look, the Rays have not been good for a long, long time. A long time. You finally get good. You go to the World Series. It looks like you're going to win Game 6 and go to Game 7 to have a chance. And your manager was like, nah. Nah. Let me take out my red-hot ace. The best pitcher they have on the literally, yeah, the the best pitcher they have, right? (laughs) 
just because you know hey i think it's gonna work yeah i'm saving him for game seven i, I gotta, don't understand he, got, hey, he can't lose in game seven if he never gets there look i'm not a baseball manager i'm not gonna sit here and say that you know i would have done something better but i can tell you for a damn straight i would have not taken out blake snell in game six of the world series that is ridiculous that is an absolute travesty um that was tough to watch. That was tough to watch. If anything, it actually made me upset too, just because it doesn't make sense. But yeah, my number three worst moment this year for sports, in my opinion, was the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays losing the World Series because of a horrific decision by Kevin Cash. Mind you, they literally got saved the game prior because of a miracle. Just oh, saying. the like the bottom of the ninth. The the, like, the the Brett the Brett Phillips bottom of the ninth pinch hit walk off. That moment was insane. I remember I was watching the the game here with my dad, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I couldn't believe it. it literally, they were even saying that this guy had not had a had not had a hit in like the whole entire postseason or something like that. And he comes up yeah. in the bottom of the ninth, the biggest moment of his life, and he wins them the game to keep them alive unbelievable yeah. unbelievable if you but, want if, if you want a good laugh look up brett phillips laugh compilation mm-hmm. that man has the absolute worst laugh in the world but it's so funny so when yeah i was watching the game and i was like the brett phillips i was like this yeah. man is just getting free beers anywhere he goes for the rest of his life Brett Phillips is goaded. He is he is down as a postseason hero, but unfortunately, his manager was like, "Nah, too bad. You're gonna get forgotten." Well, too bad. I mean, it was the Dodgers series to win. They they've it was they were due for one. We all know that everybody likes the underdog, though. I mean, I, I like the Rays. The Rays played really good in that series. Uh, Randy Randy Rosarena was just. Sensational. Ooh, that guy's something. Sensational. Such Unfortunately, a good batter. Like he's just so composed. Yeah. In the box. He's he I think he had like what? Like eight home runs in just the World Series? Isn't he a rookie? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, no, he was a rookie. You're right. Yeah. <sighs> Crazy. Insane. But well, oh well. It was, sir, give me give me your number three. Well, you were talking about blowing games. And there was there was the two football teams that you brought up. What were they? Oh, um, let me see. Uh, the Tankers. And then uh, the team that complains that the Tankers didn't let them get in the playoffs. Those two teams. What about the other team? What other team? From New York. Oh, the, the, the Jets? Did someone say Jets? Oh God, J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Oh, that that team is just something else. They are twenty twenty, like they are literally twenty twenty. Yeah, there's probably three teams that you could say like they, they just explain everything that happened that year. It was the Jets, the Cowboys, the Falcons. Uh, at four, the 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 49ers. No, 27, 27 players on IR. How more unlucky could you get? Okay, but they still won some games, and they still were competing in most of those games. Not like these other bums. They'll be Just back. Saying. Go after Dak. Get him. Win two rules. Why are you putting that out there? Shut because up. Because it needs to happen. No. It needs to happen. 
They, no, you know what? No, you know four days in, four days into the offseason, we still haven't signed Dak. No, no, Just you're break right. up uh, with me already. Cowboys, uh, go get the number one pick and get Trevor. That pissed me off. You literally <laughs> pissed me off with that. Because hey, you want to get rid of Dak for some reason. It's Dak's choice. It's Dak's choice. But you're encouraging it. You're encouraging him. I am him because to go. I want what's best for him. He deserves the best. Oh, shut up. You're a Cowboys fan first. Shut up. No, I'm not. At this point, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not. Uh-huh. Sure. As I have like 20 things of the Cowboys as, behind as me. As you have a whole shrine on the left over there. <laughs> Anyways, the New York Jets are, I mean, there's not even moments. It's just them. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the whole season, the whole team is just 2020. I, write, I wrote down so many bulletins of why they're the worst. Please, please start. <laughs> Go for it. Please start. So the first one I put was, Obviously, the Greg Williams call on third and 10 with 14 covers, seconds left. Cover zero. Cover zero blitz zero. on a third and 10 with 14 seconds left up by four where the, the, the fucking Raiders needed a touchdown to win it. And they were like on their side of the field. And you have one-on-one against the speedster Henry Ruggs. The, oh the fastest guy to come out of college. Who literally has done nothing the rest of the season. Like he's either been injured or non-existent. His one moment to shine was against the New York Jets because Greg Williams decided to run a cover zero in the worst moment. Like, okay. At that point, you gotta think they are trying to tank. They they are they are going after Trevor Lawrence. Fine. The Eagles can do it. And they get blasted for it. But when we look at the Jets and do it, we praise them. Kind of weird, right? Not going to get into that. But look, I'm all for it. The players are going to play hard. But Trevor Lawrence is just a once-in-a-lifetime quarterback that coming out of college, you are for sure about. I'm looking at every single one of these other quarterbacks. I'm like, maybe, maybe, eh, maybe. But that's a big if, right? Hmm. Trevor Lawrence is it. Trevor Lawrence, like alongside Joe Burrow, I think those were the guys that, are like, yes, you you yeah. are getting a special talent. So yeah. you, you had the most certainty with those two coming out. One hundred percent. So if you want to make it blatantly obvious that you are tanking by throwing the game and getting yourself fired because you may have earned a little bit more money on the side, conspiracy theories, but <laughs> I mean. At that point, you just fire the whole coaching staff. Like, why not, right? Why wait till the end of the season? But you kept Adam Gase. You kept some of the other guys. And now they're fired, but this was, like, middle of the season. Two weeks later, you beat a Los Angeles Rams team that looks like is, like, the the dark horse of the playoffs. I mean, they're rolling at this point with their running game and Jared Goff and their defense. And you outplay them on a run. A random san- Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So, so you play good. Great. Well, now you're second, and Jacksonville's going to tank because they know the situation. Next week, you just say, fuck it. Let's just beat the Browns while we're at it, who had no wide receivers. So now you're definitely not getting the number one overall pick. So you're missing out on Trevor Lawrence. Great. You might get Justin Fields. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, even with his performance in the – 
Cotton Bowl? I think it was no, Cotton Rose Bowl. No, Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl? Oh, was no. it the Rose Bowl? No. No, I'm dumb. The Rose Bowl was the one in Arlington. The one in New Orleans was the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl. It was a Sugar Bowl. Why okay. do we put bowls in a... Whatever. I don't know. He he beats Clemson. So, great. Good for him. It, it builds his stock. Either they go that, or they go Panay Sewell, which... As they should. They really should. I mean, he's a great offensive lineman. Yeah. But it's not Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So, you really screwed the pooch on that one. You can't even tank right like Jacksonville can. Or like the Eagles can on, uh, on Sunday Night Football in Week 17. Lastly... I looked back and I was trying to see what the worst games of the season were. What games did I watch? And I said, that was a waste of my goddamn time. Like, and it like blatantly, I was like, that was bad. Well, it looks like the Jets just take everything because in both games where I said, those were the worst games I've ever watched. It was the Jets. How about we look back at the Thursday night game against the Broncos? Oh, that game was horrific. Where it was, it was just pick so sixes, it's bad. just interceptions, there's no offense. Yeah. And I can't even remember who played quarterback for for the Broncos. Uh, Br- Br- Brett Rippin. That Brett was his name. Rippin. Didn't Joe Flacco play in that game? Yes, he did, because Be- Sam Darnold got hurt in the second quarter. Sam Darnold almost broke his fucking clavicle. Mackay yes. Becton had to go back into that game with a stinger on his shoulder, even though... They didn't want to put him in the game. And then he gets re-injured in that game yes. with the same injury. So then they yes. put in Joe Flacco. And then one in the corners, I can't remember his name from the Jets, just got a mossed by Jerry Judy. Oh, uh, it, it was a rookie. It was a rookie. I, I, it was number like 26 or something like that. I, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Later in that game, he gets an interception that really turns the tide in that game. But guess what? The Jets fall short. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting for a Thursday night game. Let's move on. Well, the only other one I can think of that was really bad was the Patriots versus the Jets on Monday Night Football. <laughs> that game, you know, that game was surprising. It was so bad it was good. Because both teams were just <laughs> when God, when the awful. announcers are like Phew. That was that was a rough one for the Patriots. <laughs> like you got to think to yourself, let's step back for a second and let's think about the decision we made to put the Monday Night Football matchup of the Patriots that can't throw for over 100 yards passing with Cam Newton and the mm-hmm. Jets for being the Jets. Yeah. So New York Jets, congratulations on the number two overall draft pick, which means nothing because you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Congratulations on going two and fourteen. Congratulations on having one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen in football in Adam Gase. And you have like a 50-year-old running back in Frank Gore. Congratulations. Cheers. Who still wants to play, by the way? Did you you see that little snippet of uh, me and Eddie talking about – or Eddie and I, sorry. Eddie and I talking about this is all just a plot to get him to play with his son? Yes. Yeah. I am – it's it's very possible because he uh, he's eligible to go into the NFL next season, right? After next year, yes. Yes. So it it could happen. Could we possibly have a Ken Gri- uh, Ken uh, yeah Ken Griffey Ken Jr. Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Senior moment in the NFL? Maybe because we're gonna see it with Maybe. LeBron and his son in a few years, 
and it's, so, it's a lot harder to do in football, guaranteed, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the NBA and the in the in the NBA and MLB, it's easier because literally you could be 19 and being the MLB yeah. if you're a monster like Bryce Harper, like Mike Trout was. But in football, it's like, oh no, you got to be at least like 22 to be in the NFL as a rookie. Yeah, yeah. So what we were thinking is like, well, Frank Gore ended with six. 16,000 rushing yards through mm-hmm. 16 seasons of his career. So keep him on the roster, but don't give him the ball. Don't ever give him the ball. Yeah. Let's just keep him at 16,000. Cause that's a clean number. Yeah. And then after next season, he's all rested up. So he can go into his last season with his son. If they're on the same team, he'll just move to wherever he, he goes in the draft. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, you play with him one season. They have two running back sets to where it's Frank Gore and Frank Gore Jr. They win a Super Bowl. He becomes the running back coach for that same team, and he coaches his son until he retires. Can you imagine that? That would be the greatest sports story of all time. That's a movie. That's literally a movie. Yeah. Blindside, get out of here. Oh, no. out of the way. Out of the way. Nah, nah oh, nothing God. beats Frank Gore at 100 years old coaching his son. Coaching his 60-year-old son. <laughs> love it. Yeah, love it. Um, uh, yeah, Jets, well, uh, congratulations on being the embodiment of the year 2020. Um, well, sir, going back to baseball, and you know what I'm going with this one because you know how upset I was about this. So the the, the actual scandal was happened in, in 2019, but it got brought to light in 2020 and everything went down in 2020 i think you know what i'm talking about where's my trash it is can? Get, go get your trash can okay go get your trash can right now we need it for this part Let's see if you guess it there it is there it is okay all right. there it is I don't, all right okay I don't... all right now F- find something to bang it with i'm gonna use my scuff but it's like okay. pretty old, so. Okay. I can't be loud. I re- I can't be loud. Oh 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 god. Okay, so. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the 2019-2020 Astros cheating scandal. Uh, where do I even begin with this? Look, for one, besides the fact that you literally cheated. The Dodgers and the Yankees out of a postseason win, first of all. Besides that, besides the fact that you cheated in almost every single home game in the regular season, okay? You know, besides the fact that you just tainted the game in general, right? You get a slap on the wrist. Yeah, there, is no, there is no way. There is no way that this happened. You literally made... I'm going to pull a Dan Orlovsky here. You literally made a mockery of baseball. Seriously. It's it's a joke what you guys did. You made baseball look like just an absolute joke of a sport. And it sucks because baseball is already not as popular anymore as it is. But it is what it is. What it is. You destroy the integrity of baseball. You make yourselves look bad. You make the organization look bad. You make all baseball look bad. Now, besides that, let's let's read off the punishments, shall we? So it's not going to take long. So for, for making a mockery of baseball and for ruining two teams playoff hopes out of cheating, 
let's read this. So uh, your general manager and your manager uh, get suspended for a whole year. So, oh, hey, guess what? That's already over. Um, you, you, uh, you get fined $5 million. Five. $5 million. Um, you know, that's nothing. That is literally nothing. $5 million. What Mike Trout uh, makes in like a second. Yeah, for real. Uh, and then you lose your first and your second draft pick of the upcoming draft, which already happened. So, whatever. Yay. Okay. That's what the organization got. Okay, so, you know, organization, they get hit, you know, whatever. What happened to the players? You might ask. Nothing. Nothing happened to the players. They were forced to give a literal half-ass apology at a press conference. It wasn't an apology. It wasn't even an apology. They were literally just saying, well, you know what? You know, it is what it is. You know, people get people try to get a, a competitive advantage. We're just going to focus on this year. Huh? Cheating is a competitive advantage? Look, in baseball, you steal signs. But don't do it the way you did. If you steal signs because the catcher is dumb enough to let you see it and the code is horrific, yeah. that's on them. Yeah. That's on them. That is on the opposing team's coaching staff for not doing a good enough job of hiding the signals. That's on them. But you used video software and you used... Go for it. Go for it. Oh, shit. There we go. That, that, was, that, was, a used... that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one, yeah. You used that to win all of your games at home and to take two teams out of the playoffs. Look at look at the look at what happened in in uh, in Houston against the Yankees. This one affects me personally because I'm a Yankees fan. In Houston, you literally are barely winning these games by one run. One run. 2 to 1, 3 to 4, 5 to 2, right? You go to you go to Yankee Stadium, you get demolished. Each game was an absolute demolish of a team that they did to the Astros. The Yankees did the Astros, I'm sorry. You go back home for game six and seven, you barely win by one run. Same thing with LA. You go to LA, you get hammered. But you come back to Houston, oh, you're winning 12 to 11, 12 to 13. Really? Come on, man. Come on. So who does this fall on? One, it falls on the Astros for obvious reasons. But two... This falls on Rob Manfred. There is, it is an absolute joke that Rob Manfred did not suspend Carlos Correa, uh, Alex Bregman, uh, Jose Altuve. There is no way they did not get suspended for this. Um, uh, I think Yuli Gurriel as well, I think was a part of that roster as well. Um, there is no way that they didn't get a, uh, suspended for this. All you said, you know what, guys, uh, just say an apology. That's it? Why? If this were to happen in the NFL, we all don't like Roger Goodell. We know. But if this were to happen in the NFL, you know for a fact that there would be way more done. Not because of Roger Goodell, but because of the pressure, because of the stakes yeah. that would be put onto these players people, and because of the commission. People would riot. Exactly. So it is an absolute joke that Rob Manfred made these guys do a apology and that's it. And nothing happened to him. And they were still able to play. And they were still able to get to the playoffs. And they were still able to knock out one team. It's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, hands down for me, personally, the most aggravating sports moment of 2020. Um, hey, what did it sound like again? Fastball. 
Oh, also, last little thing. Look at Jose Altuve's stats at home and away games in 2017. Oh, shit. Just saying. Yeah. I think the worst part is that they still recognize it as a championship. Yeah, they, they haven't put, like, uh, they haven't revoked it or they haven't put, like, an asterisk on it, at least. It's, it's ridiculous. The Houston um, asterisks. The Houston asterisks. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's uh, bad. That's really yeah, bad. That, 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 that felt good. That felt good. Well, second on my list of worst sports moments of 2020 goes to the uh, apparently unanimous NBA favorites to win the title going into the bubble, which was the Los Angeles Clippers and oh. for uh, choking a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets inside the bubble in the uh, Western Conference or uh, no Western Conference divisional round. Semifinal? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm blanking I, on the actual name of it because it wasn't the Western I Conference Finals. It wasn't. But... To the get to the West, yeah, the semifinals, quarterfinals. It's Kurt. Eh. Man, we we sound dumb right now. But anyways, it, it hey, was. Hey, hey, hey! That's on you. I don't watch basketball. Oh, it's totally on me. I'm just very tired. Uh, so to get into the Western Conference Finals with the matchup that everybody wanted to see against the Los Angeles Lakers, the Clippers go into this season as the just overall favorites. I mean, people are saying that that it's not even close. From them to the Lakers, they are so much more talented, deeper in their roster, better bench, better overall play around their stars. And you're thinking Kawhi Leonard, PG, Paul George, Doc Rivers, who's been there a very long time. What what does LeBron got? He's got JaVale McGee, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma. It's the Clippers year. They're the kings of LA. And you know what? Give them some credit. They were a very talented team. And if they were going to make it competitive, I would have totally believed you. But for you to say that it wouldn't have been close, insiders, analysts, reporters on ESPN go on NBA Live, NBA Insiders, whatever the show is, and they say it in just point blank national television, Clippers will beat the Lakers and it won't even be close. Wow, that's crazy. Going to the bubble, which, by the way, was amazing to watch. I mean, the bubble was honestly my favorite thing from 2020. It yeah, was so I, fun. You know, I don't watch basketball personally, like I've always said, but I have to give it to the NBA for what they did. That is extremely impressive what they did. And honestly, all sports leagues should be following the, the steps of the NBA because hats off to them. No other league will give you a virtual fan section where there are hundreds of people on a zoom call including little wayne (sighs) alongside a school of elementary school kids they're probably seven or eight years old next to little wayne as little wayne smokes a blunt on national television no other league in this world will give you that ladies and gentlemen that is content that is TV. And I want to thank Adam Silver for that because that was special. The bubble was special. And yeah. watching that series where the Clippers go up 3-1. And they are up in, I think, even going into the fourth quarter. It was third or fourth quarter. They're up by like 16. 
with like six minutes to go in the third quarter, ten minutes to go in the fourth, whatever, and then they lose game five, and then they lose game six, and a Denver Nuggets team that just 3 one the Utah Jazz in the series before, which was an amazing series, by the way, with Donovan Mitchell and Jam- uh, Jamal Murray just going at each other. I mean, dropping 50 left and right. Like, that was a great series. But it was like, okay, the Clippers are going to take care of business. It's 3-1. It's Doc Rivers. And then we see the greatest performance we've ever seen out of any playoff superstar in pandemic Paul George, as the nickname likes to say. <laughs> and he throws up bricks from like the corner and he hits the bank of the of the the board Kawhi Leonard can't carry we got Lou Williams going to strip clubs and and we're seeing a bench that can't do anything like uh, Patrick Beverly like gets two points a game while the Lakers are just losing game one but they win the rest of them Lose game one, they win the rest of them because LeBron and Anthony Davis are just balling out, but they look like a more complete team. I think that the Clippers are still the better team when you compare them to Denver Nuggets. And honestly, at that time, yeah, I think the Clippers were were more stacked as a roster than, than the Lakers were. But you cannot talk any crap until you win a championship. You cannot talk any crap because when you had your opportunity to face the Lakers and take them out yourselves, you didn't even make it to that point because you choked. You choked <laughs> bad. Paul George choked. Kawhi Leonard, he's not a guy that's going to put up 50 points. It's just not him. So it's up to the rest of the guys. And they were still talking crap to the Lakers. They were still talking crap to the Denver Nuggets when they were winning, but they couldn't back it up when backs are against the wall. It cost Doc Rivers his job. And it really brought an end to an era of the Clippers to where they had so many opportunities to win championships, like Lob City era with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, this era of bringing in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And the one thing I'll end it with is that at the very end, when they get tossed out of the playoffs, they go home, they enjoyed their stay at the bubble, and they watch the Lakers win the championship. At the very end, Paul George comes out and says, this wasn't a championship year for us. Like, it wasn't championship or bust. Sir, there is no way that the Clippers organization is going to pay you, pay Kawhi Leonard, and pay a bunch of guys to be around you for you to say that it's not championship or bust. What was the job then? For you to just be there and have a good time? Hang out with Mickey Mouse? You're there to win a championship. And if you don't make a championship, you don't win a championship. You are a bust. So to try to ease your way into being like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. Oh, it was a pretty damn big deal. And and at the very end, your rival wins it. And you're left as the laughingstock of the NBA bubble. Don't blow a 3-1 lead. All right, real quick before I say my my last one. Which one was worse? The, The Warriors... Blowing the leader, this one. Hmm. That's a very good question. Now, I think, I mean, the running joke is that the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. But really, you got to give it up to LeBron and Kyrie because those games to where they needed to come back, 
like the Warriors played good for much of those games, but mm-hmm. LeBron and Kyrie were just too much to contain. And when you look at the numbers of those games, and and I don't think Kyrie is given enough credit for the performance that he had in those three games to come back. And in Game Seven, LeBron's always going to get the credit, and he had more points, he had more rebounds, more assists. But Kyrie, man, stepped it up and he hit the game-winning shot. Mm-hmm. The Cavs beat the Warriors. It wasn't the Warriors blowing the lead. I think it was more of the Cavs doing it. In this aspect, I think the Clippers just got lazy. They collapsed because they they were saying, and Paul George came out and said, like, after the first game that they lost, they were like, okay, we're fine. We're we're up 3-1. And then after it went to 3-2, it was like, oh, no, we'll get him on the next one. And then it was 3-3, and they're like, oh, no, no, we're, we'll get him game seven. And at the very end, they're like, oh, wait, we ran out of games. We ran out of excuses. So yeah. I think it was more of the bad performances from the Clippers. And Jamal Murray's great. Jokic is great. But, man, it was the Clippers series to win, and they blew it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well. My last season, and this is the worst one. This is the one that I teased you with at the beginning before I ripped it away from you. But I'll let you know now. This is, for me, the worst moment of 2020. This one literally caused me physical heartbreak. I, I was I was distraught when this happened. You know, you see these players, you, you see these high-profile players in the NFL go down with injuries. And, you know, yeah, you know, it's awful. You know, like what happened to Saquon Barkley, you know, that that's awful. You know, like you don't you never wish that upon someone because Saquon Barkley is an absolute stud of a player. Uh, you know, what happened to Nick Bosa? What happened to Solomon Thomas? What happened to OBJ? You know, in, in general, you know, these players, it's horrible to see this. But it's different when it's your superstar. You know, it's different when it's on your favorite team. It's different when it's literally your franchise guy. You know, that Giants game, I remember things were looking a little stale at the beginning, but they started getting it back. Like they always did for some reason. Yeah. And, you know, Dak was starting to pick it up and he started balling out as per usual when he starts, you know, getting in his rhythm after like the second quarter for some reason this season. And, you know, I remember I remember me and you had a conversation where we were like, you know what? In past seasons, you know, the read option worked for Dak. They should use it more. It always works. And we made that argument, I think, recently. Like, uh, like I mean, like recently, uh, like before the game, I mean, in that aspect. Um, I, in a million years, would have never thought that Dak Prescott would have a horrific of an injury as he did this season. Um, when I saw him go down, you know, first of all, the way he went down, I automatically knew something was wrong. Whenever you get like bent this way because you're getting dragged down from a player, you instantly think about the knee. You instantly think about the lower leg, obviously. But there was just something about the way he fell down that just didn't look right. And I knew something was wrong. Something was wrong the second he hit the floor. Because you saw it right away that when he hit the floor, you saw his head like kind of tur- turn and like writhe in pain. And at the beginning, the camera angle wasn't showing that part. 
So you didn't know what was happening. You just thought that he was hurt because like maybe, you know, like he got like a little stinger like on his side or something like that, right? But then the camera towards the sideline gets turned on. And oh my God, you see his foot, you see his ankle, and it is just not where it's supposed to be. It is. Oh, I mean, oh like, so what I remember is oh like him God. holding his calf, like yeah. he's just putting pressure on it. And I thought it was his shoe, and like he, his shoe was twisted because yeah. he was pressing down with his foot. So I thought mm. it was just like it, it, it got out. And then immediately i was like that's his actual foot yeah and he yeah and he he's just trying to hold it so it's not dangling yeah so basically what happened alex smith because in that clip of alex smith he tried doing the same thing but you literally saw his foot dangle that was horrific by alex smith this is basically what happened to dak and oh my god oh my god i can't tell you literally like you know you know like in those books and like those sayings where like your your blood runs ice cold or like the, you're like you get flood the, the your blood just like flushes out about it right that's how i felt when i saw dak with that injury um i remember looking at my dad and i was like this is it it's over that's it you know and at first, you think of, like, the immediate, right? You're like, oh, like, that's it. Our season's over, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but you know, then later on, like, 20 seconds after, like, once you just realizes you're like, oh, my God, this could be his career is over. Like, depending on how bad the injury is, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we saw what happened with Zach Miller. Zach Miller, unfortunately, is no longer playing in the NFL because of the horrific injury he had. You know, in my humble opinion... And I don't mean any disrespect by this, but I really don't think Alex Smith should be playing in the NFL. He could literally lose his leg if he takes another bad hit. Well, yeah, he's also not that great. Oh, stop. Anyway, let's be honest. Okay. well, anyway, but point being, I remember just that realization hit me and I was like, oh, my God, like this, 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 this is awful. This could be really, really bad. And just then you see the outlook of all the players. The famous clip of Michael Gallup just going like this and like realizing what happened. Then you look at Zeke, you look at, um, you know, you look at Mike McCarthy literally running onto the field next to deck. You see Jason Garrett. When Jason Garrett went over there, I was like, this is a lot worse than we think. You see Jason Garrett come next to Mike McCarthy and both of them are just looking at Dak like, oh my God, what is happening? You literally see players from the Giants just looking at Dak and they're like, they're even there like, oh my God, like what, like that was hands down the worst moment of 2020 for me. Just, just seeing Dak go down with an injury like that just absolutely destroyed me. And I remember I got multiple texts that day because everybody knows me as the diehard Cowboys fan, the sports fanatic, everything. And I remember getting multiple texts that day just basically giving me like their condolences as if I was the one that got hurt or whatever. But man, dude, I think like, I think like the, the day after when it was running all over ESPN and all over Twitter and all that, that's when it hit me hard. And then, you know, you saw the pictures, you kept seeing the video over and over and over again of just Dak crying as he's getting taken out of the stadium. 
oh, that video destroyed me every single time I saw it. And I, I think that part hurts more for Dak. It's not the actual injury itself. It's him knowing mm-hmm. that he won't be with his team mm-hmm. and be the leader of his team. He knows how important it is for him to be there. So yeah. that's why he broke down in tears. It wasn't the fact that he just broke his foot. Like he, yeah. It's not that his foot is dangling off his, his leg. It's the fact that he is now gone for the rest of the year and probably mm-hmm. more. And it's the shock of that, not being around your brothers and just seeing just a a bunch of grown men around him, seeing how how hurt he is. And they're emotionally and, and just distraught. Distraught, yeah. Like yeah. they all gave a look of like not him. Like why does it have to be him? Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. tough part is that that's the last guy you would ever want it to. No, no one ever deserves that. But the year that he's had, like yeah. we all talk about how bad of a year we had in 2020. But this man battled depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. He lost his brother, for he, God's sake. He lost his brother to suicide, like, right before the draft. And then this guy had to go through scrutiny week after week of being the Cowboys quarterback. Because it's just what it is. He he is the Cowboys quarterback. He's going to get that's, scrutinized. That's what that's what you get when you're the title. When you have that title, it's what you're going to get. And every, every, every quarterback from now on that's supposed to be seen as the franchise guy for the Cowboys in the next 10, 20 years, they're going to get that. That's just the way it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So... That's what hurts the most is that it was the last thing you ever wanted for him because you were like, this is where he can take control of his own life. He can he can finally find some positivity in there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for, for me, it also hurt a lot when, you know, you saw everybody on Twitter, just, you know, all these NFL players, you know, you, you could say whatever you want about Dak Prescott because, you know, it's your opinion, it's whatever. But, you know, the literally Dak Prescott was trending for like two days. He was trending for two days after the injury. And it's, there was a hashtag that was started for Dak. You know, it's, you know, it, it shows you how much, you know, this guy is probably the most scrutinized player in the NFL. Hands down, hands down, the most scrutinized player. Mm-hmm. And yet, yet what happened after his injury shows you, how important he is to the NFL, how much of a face he is to the NFL. And it just shows you that he is one of the most valuable players in the NFL. He is one of the most valuable players in on the Cowboys for obvious reasons. It's it was absolutely gut wrenching to see a player like Dak Prescott, which is the leader of the Cowboys, which is the face of the NFL, which is absolutely beloved by everybody in the NFL. Everybody knows that Dak is a warrior. Literally everybody knows that Dak is a warrior. Usually, Dak has made play after play after play in multiple games in his career that just shows how much he cares about this team, how much he wants to win, how much he wants to prove that he is a leader, a natural-born leader. And for him to go down like that and for him to get the reaction that he got, it just proves the point that you know all the scrutiny is really just showing you that how much he's really talked about, how much of a face he is to the NFL. So... Um, yeah, that was hands down for me, the worst moment of sports in 2020. Oh, I was speechless for about 20 minutes. Like I just watched the game Mm -hmm. just holding back tears. And I was like, there's no point in the season anymore. There's absolutely no reason for me to watch these games. 
I remember I looked at my dad after he got taken off the cart and um you know I looked at him and I was like dad we're going to win this game but this is the biggest loss ever like I felt the same way when Tony Romo broke his collarbone uh that year that we started out pretty pretty well Shit. pretty hot what time uh it was uh 20 2015 because we started off like three and one and then he broke his collarbone and it just fell downhill completely i think like midfield and he's on his back and they mm -hmm. just have the camera shot right over him yeah and he's just like writhing and paying i yeah i felt the same way with that moment with tony romo with what i felt with dak and uh, it's gut-wrenching it sucks well, there's only one thing that was worse than that. And I know it didn't hit you as hard because you're not a big basketball fan. But Yes, yes. But I know the impact that it had to millions across the world. And, and that's the thing about it, too, is that to a lot of people that didn't watch basketball or weren't invested in the sport, the impact that it had on their lives and for them to reach out still mm -hmm. and to yeah. know the severity of the loss just showed how important Kobe Bryant was to the world. Yeah, no, and for sure. We're closing in on a year already. I mean, I literally started my YouTube channel a, f a few days after he passed, like right at the end of January. Yeah. But I still remember the moment I was in the parking lot going into work and I, I read a tweet. It was like uh, TMZ reports that Kobe Bryant has passed away, and I was like, "You're you're joking! Stop it!" Like TMZ yeah. can, that is disrespectful, and I I just didn't want to believe it. So then I go in, I go to the break room, and they have it on CNN, and they're showing the video footage, and they're they're saying Kobe Bryant has passed away. It's official, and so has his daughter Gianna. At that point. I talked to my manager after, and he said, I have never seen you so blank-faced and, and look, you looked sick. Like, I, I'd never seen that look on your face ever before because I just thought, I just had a flashback to when I was like a, at a wedding when I was, man, I must have been 13. 12 or 13 because it was the NBA Finals where the Lakers were playing the Celtics. And mm. I remember someone had a phone and they were watching the game on it. Like all of us were bunched together. And it was the first time really that I started watching the Finals and, and basketball. And it was mm. the Lakers versus Celtics. And, and the one guy that stood out was Kobe Bryant. I was like, oh, I've heard of this guy, but how, how good is he? And that mm. man was instantly, I was like, this is a great player. This is what the standard is. And yeah. from that point on, I just, I'm not going to say he's my favorite player. I'm not going to lie and say that I fell in love with, with the Lakers and Kobe Bryant. I was the biggest fan. No, I was just a casual fan. I liked certain players. I liked some teams, but not all of them. Like I follow the Mavericks, but you know, I like Dirk more than I do the Mavericks. I like Kobe Bryant more than I did the Lakers. Yeah. But what he did for the game and the moments that I went back and watched because of him, 
but most importantly, like after the the incident, you just see all these documentaries and all these moments of why Kobe Bryant was great. And after he retired, his love for the game of basketball transferred over to his daughters, mm-hmm. who, yeah. like, it sucks because he never had a son, but he always was like, that doesn't matter to me. I have gifts in my daughters. And Gianna, who was amazing at basketball at the age of, like, 13, I mean, she was considered to be a great WNBA player at some point. Like, she was going to be that next great player in the league because yeah. she she learned from the best. But to have those moments where you know, he's dabbing up LeBron James and Luka Doncic like a few days before the incident, that's that's hard, man. Like yeah. that that is the toughest thing, and I, I it was tough. Like I, I spent the rest of the day after I found out. I was just like I I just don't feel right. You don't feel right because that's you always say they're taking too soon, yeah. but a guy like that that just a few years ago was dropping sixty against the Utah Jazz in his final game ever. I still remember that fucking day. I still remember watching that game and him getting it and Snoop Dogg's just, you know, just on in the stands, just having a blast. And then he's like Mamba out like that. That's something special. You you can't recreate that in, in yeah. anything. And that, yeah. that goes so far beyond sports. And then just a few years later, when he's just trying to get his kid to their game, he's taking a helicopter to watch them go play in, in a random league. Because he loves the game of basketball. He loves his daughters together. Like it, it's it's an amazing thing. Like, he just spent his last few days or his last moments with his daughter and trying to do something that embodied the Kobe Bryant family of basketball. Yeah. It's it's hard. It really is. But like after that, the outpour and the ripple effect was just incredible. It's. It was amazing to watch like teams do a twenty-four second violation. Yeah, shot clock violation. I it just went so far beyond the basketball court, but like some of these performances that these guys were putting up after Kobe passed away, and then like moments where the Lakers are in the finals and they're leading, or I think it was maybe the Western Conference Finals, but it was like. They're up 24 to 8, which were Kobe's numbers. And the time was like something related to Kobe as well. And it's like, you you can't script that. Like, that just happens. I just feel like Kobe's there. Like, just because he's gone doesn't mean he's gone. I feel like Kobe's still with all of us. So it sucks that it had to go down like that. I don't think he'll ever be gone. Even today, I still see like Kobe Bryant pictures and I'm like all for it. Like I'll look into it, which is amazing. So the one thing I just want, and I think it's the most obvious decision is make Kobe Bryant the logo for the NBA. Why, why haven't we done that? Because Mm -hmm. we are a year past the point of Kobe Bryant passing and still, I think about it every day for, for a long time. I had Kobe Bryant as my wallpaper because I just felt motivated because he just, the mama mentality was just something different. 
So to this day, just at one point during my day, I just think about Kobe. Don't know why. It, it, again, it, he's not my favorite player. He's he's not a part of a team that I love. Like he, He's just a great player, but a great person that impacted the game far beyond most people that play it. Yeah. He, he's in the 1% of athletes. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I guess like to, to end it off real quick, I'll, I'll give my perspective of that day. I remember I was at work and uh, a coworker of mine came up to all of us. because We were just kind of, you know, congregating like in the middle and we were just talking while we were serving customers or whatever. The, the customer, it, it was it was literally like a moment that was set up, you know, like the, the customer left and the restaurant was empty. We were out for, for like for like five minutes or whatever. And my coworker came up and she was like, Kobe Bryant just died. And I was like, there's no way. Stop. You know, obviously, like the, the obvious reaction, right? Like, there's no way. Stop lying. And then she showed me her phone, and it was an actual report, a press release. And like clockwork, a huge rush of customers came. And literally all you heard was just Kobe, 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 Kobe. Everybody was just in disbelief that Kobe died. Everybody was talking about Kobe. When they sat down to eat, they were just talking about Kobe. And, you know, like you mentioned when you first started, you know, I, I am not a fan of basketball, personally. I don't like basketball. I don't watch it. Um, I've never really been a fan, to be honest. But, you know, there's staples in each sport. You know, when you think about, you know, the NFL, you think about Tom Brady. You think about Peyton Manning. You think about, um, you know, um, you know, I guess Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, right? When you think about basketball, the first person that comes to mind right away right right away is you know lebron kobe right those two players steph curry right but with kobe it was just something like you mentioned it was just something different and for me that whole entire day to i think that was the day that i understood how immense of a figure kobe was to the community because i wasn't aware the whole entire day, every single customer that came into that restaurant, it was something about Kobe. Something. And that's when I realized that, wow, Kobe was just something special that this world had. And it got ripped away way too soon. And, you know, in the coming days, I started seeing what Kobe did for the NBA, for his daughter, for basketball in general. Um, it was just, it was sad. It was sad to see such a person in this world get taken away from us because he has so much to offer. Um, so, you know, in my situation where I don't like basketball, I never really watched it. I, it didn't hit me as hard as for obvious reasons. But even, even with that, I still learned and I still understood how, you know, dramatic. Well, well not dramatic. That, that, that's, that's not a right word. But how intense this situation really is for a lot of people. And, and yeah, I, I just, cause I, I talked to some of my friends that did, uh, that do like basketball and they were telling me like their, you know, feelings about Kobe and, you know, how they felt and how much they admired him and loved him. And yeah, it, it, it sucks. I, I, you, you don't have to like the game. You don't have to understand the, the, the general aspect of the game like I do, but you know, it's hard not to understand 
how big of a person Kobe was for basketball. So, yeah, that's I, th- I think I, I could agree with you that Kobe was probably the absolute worst of all of 2020. I felt like an attorney ago. Like, yeah, yeah. Like if, if it could have been like five years ago, and I would have been like, oh man, like that. That's how it feels because it's just it's felt so long. But I, I, it just makes all the sense in the world to have the Lakers win the championship. Right. In, in the most dire situations with for, the weirdest circumstances and, and to win it for Kobe. Yeah. With like LeBron having like passing of the torch of like who's the next great Laker. Yeah. It, it's Kobe to LeBron and to do yeah. it and to have those little moments of like 24 to 8 or those the shot clock violations, the shot you know, clocks, the, the the memorials and all that. Yeah, for sure. So it I I mean it's not like, well, great things came out of his passing. Like, no. I just don't – like, it shouldn't have never happened in the first place. But just – I've only had two two individuals pass away where I'm like, that hit. I mean, that was something else. It was Kobe and Mac Miller. Like, I, I cried oh. for Mac Miller. Yeah. And – I, I was just emotional with with Kobe, and then I started thinking about I was like, what if we lost? Like, and I'm not trying to be weird about this, but I was like, I don't see any athlete right now where I'm like, if they passed away, it would be that significant like it was for Kobe. Oh, I do. For me personally, if Derek Jeter were to pass away, I would ball my eyes out. That that is an interesting one. I, yeah. I for me for me personally because you know like I said earlier, I I, I love the game of baseball. I, I love it with all my heart. Um, I watch baseball and and football you know religiously. They're my two favorite sports. If Derek Jeter were to pass away, I I would ball my eyes out. I I don't think I'd be good for a long time, for a long long time. It's just terrible timing, man, because I felt like Kobe had so much more to give to the game. Oh, absolutely. Which is crazy to think about because he gave so much as a player, as a influencer. Like, think about, like, most of the players in the league are influenced by Kobe. They build yeah. their game around Kobe. Watch mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns. Just watch the Phoenix Suns, and you're like, that's Kobe Bryant. Like, they are trying to be Kobe Bryant. And that's a really good thing because he just set a new age for players as far as an offensive beast, just a tenacious defender. Like those are the types of things that you want to build as an individual playing the sport of basketball. So his impact is going to go far beyond the, these 2010s, 2020s era. Like it's going to go far beyond that. So at least there's some part of it where you're like, there's still Kobe in this, even though he could have been a tremendous coach part of an organization like the Lakers and been a GM or a player personnel, whatever, like he would have done more to the game and he would have watched his daughters probably become the greatest WNBA players of all time. And probably one of the best basketball players of all time because it's connected to Kobe. Yeah. 2020. Thank God you're thank Thank God you're in the rearview mirror, but 2021 ain't that good so far either so we'll see (laughs) let's not break into the capital let's not talk about how kanye cheated on kim kardashian with jeffree star let's oh that's right yeah yeah yeah. let's just have a normal fucking year all right you know can can we 
can we just calm down, please? Like, can can we just live life for what we have right now, please? Can can we focus on getting rid of this pandemic? Can we wear a mask please? properly? Can, can can we follow restrictions? Can we please? I I I feel like I speak for millions of people when I would like to go travel. I would like to go to events. I would like to see my friends that are not in El Paso. Come on. It's it's not that hard. Just do your part. <laughs> Can I get my stimulus check, please? That's a little selfish, but where the fuck is it? Be patient. <laughs> Hell no. I qualify. Still didn't give my money. All right. The the stimmy. The stimmy. Twenty twenty one. Uh, we'll see. I was gonna say like it's gonna be a great year. I'll, nah, I'm just, just gonna play it safe. We'll see. Let's let's play this a day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. All right. So this has been the worst moments of 2020. We are finally throwing that in the trash can and slamming it to make sure the Astros know that it's a flat a fastball. How about and to that? make sure that they get the fastball out of here. Out of here. It's win, him a, out of here. win him a championship. So, thank you, Kevin. Thanks, man. We still got the preview for the playoffs. That should be a fun one. So, and then we'll, we'll have the review of it over the next couple of days. So, continue to watch and listen to the podcast. And we'll see you next time on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft?